1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado. Welcome in, everybody. You're listening to the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you by Stone's Brewing. My name's TJ Wingard. He's Brad Lambert. And Brad, I don't think we'd be doing our job right if we didn't start the show by talking about Le'Veon Bell and the contract extension or lack thereof.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, TJ, it's uh. Uh, a day of mourning, if you will, for most Steeler fans, as it looks like it will be the last year that Le'Veon Bell will be on the Steelers roster.
0: And that's a good point there. Le'Veon's agent saying, you know, he all, Le'Veon wanted to retire as a Steeler, but due to not getting this contract extension done now, it looks like it'll be his last year in the black and gold. And the final figures turned out to be worth about $14 million a year. So, uh, almost what he was looking for, but not quite close enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Ian Rappaport said that, you know, the rumored offer, like you had mentioned, um, I mean, the Steelers were offering him five years, which totaled out to be around $70 million, with him making, you know, $33 million in guarantees. Um, you know, I, I'm not Le'Veon Bell, uh, but that's a great deal for a 26-year-old running back. Um, especially one that had off the field issues and you know two major knee injuries. So uh, I uh, I'm disappointed. I think it was fair. Um, I respect Le'Veon's uh, goal to get as much as he thinks he's worth, and I hope he gets it. But to say that that deal that Steelers offered wasn't fair is ludicrous.
0: Yeah, I think what you said there is a completely fair offer, and even 14 million dollars a year for a running back is. Almost unheard of when you're looking at teams like the Eagles last year and then the Patriots the year before when Super Bowls based off running back committees. So in a league where it seems running backs are a dime a dozen, fourteen million dollars a year, that's kind of an unheard of number for running backs.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's it's just unfortunate. I uh like you said, the teams that have won Super Bowls in the past, you know, especially last year, they they didn't have a Le'Veon bell. And uh as much as I would love to see him stay on the roster for the foreseeable future. You know, we'll have his services for 18, and I hope he has the best year of his life. Um, But at the same time, with that note, uh, it'd be silly for us not to say that he really better hope he doesn't get injured Um, because if he happens to get injured, he might have just passed up on the biggest payday of his life Um, because, I mean, let's look back at Willie Parker. Um, Mm -hmm. entering that his last season, the Steelers offered him a a good deal to kind of be a one-two punch with Rashard Mendenhall. And uh, Mm -hmm. he took a a bigger, better offer with the Washington Redskins. He got hurt in training camp, and that was that. He got cut, and that was the end of his football career. And uh, I know Willie personally, and he'll be the first one to tell you, that uh, he regrets that decision every day of his life. And I'm not saying that uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, will regret it. I hope he finds his happiness wherever he ends up going. But, uh, you know, the graph isn't always greener on the other side.
0: Yeah, I think what you said there is a really interesting point, not only with Willie Parker, but even more recently with a a team that's not the Steelers. Look at what Kirk Cousins did the past two years with the franchise tag, kind of betting on himself. For him, it paid off. But then you mentioned with Willie Parker not paying off. So Le'Veon Bell rolling the dice early. And uh, with that... We will look at a quick overview of the team, and I think one of the positions on the offensive end that you want to keep your eye on here in training camp and preseason play, it's going to be running back, especially if Le'Veon Bell will not be playing down the road for Pittsburgh. You know, James Conner, a guy who uh, mid-round pick, high expectations, got to see what, what all he can amount to.
1: You know what? I, I really liked what I saw from James Conner um, last season in his limited time before he had that knee injury. Um, he actually had a burst that I didn't think he had, um, which was a nice change of pace from uh Le'Veon's shifty nature, if you will. Um, but those stretch plays really, really worked well um with James and uh once he hit the edge, man, I mean it I wouldn't go as far to say it was Willie Parker esque, but he definitely had a burst that was a change of pace from Le'Veon. Um so uh, from what I'm hearing in spring Uh, the spring mini camps and OTAs is he's uh, bigger and better than last year, which is a great thing to hear considering our current roster situation.
0: Yeah, and when you look at Connor, you mentioned it there, maybe not the quickest guy or the fastest guy, but he gets that first step. He gets to his top speed almost as quick as anybody on the roster, which allows him to get to the outside and beat uh, outside linebackers, inside linebackers, corner safeties, whoever is going to try to meet him on the outside, and then you throw in his power, his bruising game. uh, He can run over defenders and you know get you five six yards per carry uh which is what you're going to need especially if Le'Veon uh isn't in the Steelers plan down the road but also so we'll move from running back over to quarterback I talked about it in the first episode a little bit but uh not as much Big Ben that seems to be his spot as we assume over the next few years but now you have this interesting situation with Dobbs Randolph and Landry Jones who's gonna which two are gonna make the roster what do you do with the third one kind of uh situation here in
1: Pittsburgh I mean. The Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph uh, in the third round this year, and uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, he will take that number two spot um, as the quarterback of the future, uh, whether that be for next season or two, three years down the line behind Ben. But uh, I really like um, Josh Dobbs as well. I think he's a very cerebral, smart quarterback with a heck of an arm. Um, So, this might be the end of uh, Landry Jones.
0: Yeah, no matter what really happens, whether it's, it looks like it'll be, it'll almost assuredly be Jones or Dobbs. So, no matter what happens, I I think Pittsburgh can get something for them. I think no matter what, there's going to be a team in the market for a solid backup quarterback that, if something crazy happens, can step up and be the guy for them for a few games if they need.
1: Yes, I completely agree with you.
0: We've seen Landry Jones do that. So, then we'll move to receiver, which I think is an interesting. Interesting position for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Martavius Bryant traded to Oakland for a third-round pick this year uh, during the NFL draft. In comes James Washington, second-round pick out of Oklahoma State, who teammates with Mason Rudolph tore up the Big 12 this past season. So then you throw him. He looks like he's going to be an outside weapon, Juju in the slot, and then AB being arguably, if not the best receiver in the league. That top three, while it's new and young, still has plenty of upside.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we can't deny what uh, Martavis has done when he played the game um, on the field. He was definitely a deep threat and a, a big play guy, but um, he was also known as a guy who would drop easy passes and uh, kind of steer away from the middle of the field. He didn't like being tackled very much. But uh, that's what's exciting about James Washington. We saw what a big, physical, strong receiver did last year in Juju Smith-Schuster. And uh, I think James Washington is very much along those lines, except he runs the, uh, you know, four-three, four-four, forty, or 40, like oh. Martavis Bryant did. So I uh, am very excited about adding another physical um, receiver to the roster. And uh, I would argue that he has better hands than Martavis. So I'm excited to see what he does. And from what Mike Tomlin is saying in and, and spring minicamp and OTAs, is, uh, he's the most conditioned uh, freak athlete on the roster out of the rookie class. So uh, I'm excited. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, and when you look at Pittsburgh, a team that runs three wide receivers pretty often, so figure to see him a lot, you also have Eli Rogers probably being the fourth option there, a guy who's battled some injuries, a little bit smaller stature, but still a spark. Yes, absolutely. So then moving from receiver, we can move on to tight end. This is not as much a controversial spark to who's going to play, who's going to get more snaps, yada, yada, yada. It looks like Jesse James is still going to be the guy, but if Pittsburgh can adopt that two tight end kind of formation that New England's had a lot of success with, and Vance McDonald is a big, big key to that success. A guy who has shown flashes while he was in San Francisco and with Pittsburgh last season of being a really great receiving tight end.
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited for him to have a – a full off season under his belt with the team, and uh, you know, going with a new offensive coordinator, I think we're gonna like what we see um, out of uh, McDonald. So I really can't wait to see what he does this year.
0: Guy with good size, good speed, good hands, kind of has it all. Just needs to put it all together. So we'll flip to the defense, and I mean, obviously the biggest question on the defensive side of the ball is, how do you replace Ryan Shazier, an All Pro level guy, not only a great player but a great leader. Who fills in in the middle, and how does Pittsburgh work around that? How do you uh, make up for that loss, sideline-to-sideline side presence at the linebacker position?
1: You, you can't. You can't replace a guy like Ryan Chazier um, so easily. It'll be by committee. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's why they drafted uh, hybrid safeties in the draft this year. Uh, guys like Terrell Edmonds and Marcus mm-hmm. Allen. I think, you know, in the nickel and dime packages, you will see them enter the game as that uh, hybrid player like Ryan as a linebacker kind of safety. And, uh, you know, they'll do their best to replace him for this year. But, uh, you know, my big question is what does Vince Williams do? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they were shake and bake, a great duo of the league. I mean, he had a career-high eight sacks you know, last season, and uh, I don't know, man, does, does he still perform up to that level when, uh, you know, other teams will look at him as the threat and then a linebacker now, whereas, you know, Ryan was more of a coverage guy and they would have to account for him and his speed. But now it's, you know, if I'm opposing offenses, I'm like, you know, I'm putting all the focus on Vince Williams. So, is he still able to rack up those numbers and contribute to the team when he is the main focus
0: yeah, and that's I think that's a very fair point to make. Is he going to be able to have that same productivity when he is now the number one linebacker in a three four system but also you know when you're playing without your number your best friend in a lot of ways, which Ryan Shazier is to Vince Williams, maybe he has that chip on his shoulder, maybe he goes out there and has an even better year. Uh, and goes out there and plays for Shazier and really fills those shoes really well. You also have John Bostic, who came in. Pittsburgh made a trade for him, who is a stud on special teams and has shown flashes, great athleticism to be. Maybe that number two inside linebacker
1: with Vince Williams. Yeah, I think Bostick's the uh, the guy um, coming out of camp that you will kind of look at as the uh, number two middle linebacker. I don't think you can look past Tyler Um coming off that shoulder injury last year, um, you know, the defense obviously better. He's been around the team for a few years, but uh, Bostic is a, uh, a safe guy. I mean, he, he's going to sit back. He's going to make the tackles. He's, you know, athletic, but, I mean, I think it's safe to say no one's as, as athletic as Ryan Shazier. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the defense does at the uh, middle linebacker position as a unit um without Ryan services for the season
0: yeah I think you mentioned it there and again fair point nobody's as athletic as Ryan here. he might be arguably the most athletic freak in the NFL along with other tight ends and other defensive ends he just fits that mold being having a speed size coverage ability football whereabouts it all complete package yeah but then when you look at Bostick and you look at Williams you kind of see that mini me kind of version of Shazier, both really athletic, good size. You can see where they're trying to fit that frame and be able to find that glue year to fill in for Shazier while hopefully he makes his return to football the next season.
1: Yes, you know, and and prayers, thoughts and prayers out to Ryan. We're still thinking of you. Uh we shall leave and uh you know we'll be thinking of you throughout the season. I know I for one will be rocking my fifty jersey all season um supporting mm-hmm. him. But uh as you mentioned, you know, it will be a you know, service by committee with uh, the two draft picks, Bostick and Madikavich, um, you know, all coming in and uh, trying to replace a guy that, you know, man, he threw 12 games. Uh, he was in the conversation for defensive player of the year, you know, three interceptions, two forced fumbles, tackling machine. I mean, you, you, the guy was a playmaker and uh, every team had to account for him. So, um It'll be really interesting, you know. I still have faith in the in the middle of the field uh, in regards to the linebacker position, but once again, you can't replace a guy like Ryan Shazier so easily.
0: Absolutely, we have faith in the guys replacing Shazier, but I think one uh, one group of guys that could really help hide that void if uh, if it's harder to cover up than anticipated. That front four, Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tuite, have become two of the best defensive ends uh, in football, and with Tuite hopefully being healthy all this year. This could be his breakout season.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of hype for Stephon, too, coming out of training camp last year. And unfortunately, in that first game, he suffered that bicep injury that, um, honestly, I think some of us thought that was it and he was going to be out for the whole season. But uh, he was able to return a few weeks later. But, uh, you know, after the season, he informed us that he never really was 100% and that's no surprise there. So, um, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how he does, hopefully fully healthy entering the season. We all know what Cam Hayward's capable of. Javon Hargrave made progress last season, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm really confident in what we have there um, with those guys.
0: Yeah, when you look at Stephon Tewitt, I'm a Notre Dame fan personally. So I this is a guy I've been watching for years and years now, and he's always had that pass rush Ability to be, you know, a ten sack guy here in the NFL. Then you look at Hargrave, you mentioned there, and Hayward, two really good run stoppers, which will help if you know Shazier, and it's it's a harder hole to fill. Those two guys to help stop the run game could be huge for Pittsburgh's defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think what we really have to look at is uh, the outside linebacker position. Um, It's Mm -hmm. really a make or break year for Bud Dupree. He has to come. He has to be consistent. And he has to get to the quarterback um I don't want to put him in the Jarvis Jones category yet, but uh it is a make or break year for him he's he feels the heat um and he he's claiming that this would be his breakout year and as uh, the defense is concerned, we need him to be uh lights out this year obviously t j watt came out and shocked everyone in his rookie debut um with a phenomenal season and uh there's really only room to grow for him, so it's exciting entering his uh, second season.
0: Yeah, you know Watt's going to continue to be good, and I think what you said with Bud Dupree was exactly what I was going to say. Jarvis Jones, if he doesn't have a good year this year, then he becomes another Jarvis Jones, guys who fell in the draft. Well, Pittsburgh scooped him up there in the 20s. and seemed to be the steal of the draft, but then it turns out didn't quite hit that upside. But if Bud Dupree can use that athleticism and kind of put it all together and that Pittsburgh defense on the other side of T.J. Watt, not only pass rush-wise, but his athletic ability to contain the outside. That'll be a huge bolster, Pittsburgh's defense.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you look at Bud Dupree's first three seasons, you know, his rookie year, he had four sacks. Uh, Second year, four and a half sacks. And last season, he had six sacks. So he's trending upwards, but we need at least Mm -hmm. eight, nine, ten sacks out of him at the outside linebacker position. If you look back when the Steelers, you know, the heyday of the Steelers' defense with uh, James Harrison and Lamar Woodley I mean you were getting 12 sacks you know like we we need that kind of production out of those guys
0: yeah and especially when you talk about that pass rush production I kind of talked about this in the first podcast as well look at the teams the Steelers can be playing they're gonna be going against the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes uh, they're gonna be going against Matt Ryan they're gonna be having to face uh, Cam Newton Uh, Case Keenum in Denver now Phillip Rivers, Derek Carr Tom Brady again, Drew Brees They're going to face a lot of top tier quarterbacks And to beat top tier quarterbacks You need to be able to rush as few as possible But still be as productive Be able to drop as many guys in coverage as you can
1: Yeah, you have to And we can't put that much pressure On the secondary as we did last year Uh, T.J. Watt had seven sacks last year So he did a great job in his rookie season You know, Creating that pressure And forcing turnovers you know, forcing these quarterbacks to throw the ball sooner than they want to. Um, But we can't just rely on T.J. Watt. Um, You know, if you look at the top players on the defense, Cam Hayward generated a ton of pressure and had Mm -hmm. his career year last year. Um, Vince Williams, T.J. Watt, you know. So we need Bud Dupree to really step up and create that pressure from the other side.
0: And we mentioned it there. The secondary, you know, while the pass rush will be huge and helping hide what might be a weak spot on Pittsburgh's defense and inside linebacker, but also secondary. Uh, Joe, Joe Hayden and Artie Burns being your outside corners. I mean, I think that's a solid one-two combo. Uh, but it really comes down to safety position. You, you know, you have Morgan Burnett come in. You mentioned Marcus Allen, Terrell Edmonds being draft picks brought in. You have Sean Davis. It really comes down to who's going to win those starting spots there in training camp.
1: Yeah, man, and it, it's uh, it's exciting. Um, I think the acquisition of Joe Hayden last year was huge. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a heck of a player. Uh, I know as a Steelers fan, I'm not as nervous at the cornerback position, uh, knowing Joe Hayden is uh, part of the lineup. So the safety position, as you mentioned, um, Sean Davis um, in the mix as well, uh, had an okay year last year, had some uh, mental errors, as Mike Tomlin would say. But – Let's be honest, I think the biggest issue in the secondary last year was Mike Mitchell, and uh, we don't have to uh, deal with him anymore.
0: Yeah, and you got to hope former Pro Bowl-level player Morgan Burnett can hopefully fill in and provide that production that Mike Mitchell gave us a few years ago, but as you mentioned, struggled a year ago. So while we're talking about the defense, we'll talk about a question we asked on com Instagram page uh, and talk about uh, what do you think does Pittsburgh have the ability to be a top ten defense this season?
1: I mean it it was uh great responses from you guys. We appreciate you uh engaging with the page and, and you know, sending us your input and uh you'd be surprised. It was uh, pretty half and half to be honest. Um a lot of people said no. Um, a lot of people said yes because of our veteran players. Um, you know, A few guys, um, Michael, too nice, um, came out and said, only if our linebackers play good. Uh, I think he's right. I think that's a huge thing we have to look at. Um, Mm -hmm. Some, you know, B-Page 34 said we'll be top five. Um, I think our schedule this season is generous. Um, I think with the production last year um, of the defense and kind of the pieces we've added, I think we have a shot to be top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, ACH underscore 62 said maybe now that Mike Mitchell is gone. Um, you had talked about Morgan Burnett coming in. That's a veteran guy. I think he plays uh, very safe and mm-hmm. comfortable where uh, Mike uh, was very aggressive, uh, honestly would generate stupid penalties, and this tackles a lot. I'm hoping Morgan Burnett, if he does win that spot, comes in and is a guy that we can rely on to not give up big plays and also uh be a guy that we're comfortable if somebody gets to that level um he can take him down
0: yeah and i think burnett also has a positive influence on sean davis assuming he probably went out his starting position as well yeah. being more safe using his brain a little bit more being smarter on the back line and i think uh again if it comes down to linebackers like that first uh comment you mentioned there Uh, if we can have pass rush and the linebacking core can step up and fill the hole that is left by Ryan Shazier, which we talked about earlier, if that happens, I think Pittsburgh can maybe even be top 10, like another one of our fans mentioned. But I mean, a top 10, I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility, which is back to those early 2000s, those nineties. And then you have way back in the seventies, the iron curtain, you know, getting back to that top tier defense that really carried them and made them a dominant force in the NFL.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, the The comments were great. We had a lot of submissions and a lot of people really gave good feedback. And uh, the consensus is if the secondary doesn't give up big plays and the linebacking core shows up and produces, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be top 10. But uh, obviously, we can't suffer any major injuries. But uh, I, am, I am comfortable with where we're at considering uh, the loss of 50.
0: And that was our Instagram question. So you can follow us on Instagram at SteelersNation.com. And we will be continuing to post different questions before we do podcasts. So that way you can answer the question on our Instagram stories and kind of be maybe mentioned in our podcasts and mentioned and kind of get your feedback in as a part of the show. So again, you're listening to the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you by Stoney's Brewing. And we will move on to one of our final things, moving into training camp. It'll start here in a couple of weeks. and uh, we're going to kind of touch on some of the other things. We talked about a couple of position battles. We talked about quarterback, talking about James Conner being a big year for him. but Also, something I think we could talk about, um, the offensive line. We didn't really talk on it earlier, but heading into training camp, I'm interested in to see not as much who's going to be starting everything. That's more of a solidified spot, but depth. So when you look at the offensive line, you lose Chris Hubbard, who was a guy that filled in at the tackle position uh after Mark gilbert got hurt last year he signs with cleveland so now it comes down to a depth question if something happens who can fill in at guard and tackle and center now we don't may not know all these names they may not be household names quite yet but guys who could really fill in and we've seen time and time again with new england and philadelphia last year those depth players and those role players that find ways to get on the field are really what carry a team to make big plays in big time games
1: yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the uh, the depth at of the offensive line isn't as good in previous seasons and previous years, but um, there's a lot of hype out of uh, the third round draft pick, Chucks Pakorafor. So um, I think he can come in and kind of be that uh, Chris Hubbard player and kind of switch between guard and tackle.
0: Then also with Trina Camp, we can go back to the defense. I think we talked about it a little bit there earlier, but Edmonds and Marcus Allen. These new prototypical what-you-want-in-a-safety-slash-linebacker guys. Kind of we saw what the Cardinals do with Daylon Buchanan, a guy who was a safety in college, comes in and becomes an inside linebacker. With the athletic ability of both of them, both have good size, can are, are more physical uh, players. What do you think, Do you, how do you think they can be used, and what do you think we'll see from them in training camp?
1: Honestly, man, I cannot wait to see what Marcus Allen does. Um, his favorite player is... Uh... Cam Bam Bam Chancellor, and uh, mm-hmm. he's a big physical safety, and uh, I think that's one thing you got to look at, at the safeties that we drafted in Terrell Edmonds and uh, Mark Stallin is these guys hit and these guys tackle, um, and that's something you obviously need in the secondary. If someone were to get to the second level, you need to make sure they don't have these 60, 70, 80-yard touchdowns um, where we've been burned in years past, so um, I'm excited. I can't w I think uh Marcus Allen might surprise people more so than Terrell Edmonds. Um, I mm-hmm. think he will get a lot of playing time this year. He's just a big physical athletic freak. Um, once again, very much like Cam Chancellor. So, um yeah, I, I can't wait to see his production and uh Terrell Edmonds, um, I think he we will be more of that hybrid linebacker, um, more so than a safety. Um, but uh yeah I, I can't wait to see what these guys do
0: absolutely and also with Alan I kind of mentioned this in the first episode of the podcast as well if he, even if he's not necessarily starting watch out for him I know he'll be a factor in special teams I don't have to see much to see that I mean he is exactly who you want to be your main special teams guy he has the speed the athleticism the size he's a big hitter look for him to be the guy who makes a lot of plays on kickoffs and, and punts and be able to make his name make his presence felt even if he's not starting and playing 40 50 snaps a game
1: yeah I mean uh, unless there's an injury I don't I don't see him getting that snap count um, he's definitely going to contribute on special teams like you mentioned but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in um, you know throughout the game and throughout the season and, and makes a few splash plays whether it be a big hit or spumble or actually uh, picking a ball off so um, I'm excited to have hopefully integrating these young guys in Terrell Edmonds and Mark Salin, and uh, once again, uh, to replace Ryan Shazier. Um, so these guys are big, so you're not putting a small defensive back in there. Um, these guys are big and strong, so they can fill that void at linebacker, um, especially in you know nickel and dime if a team decides to run a draw. Um, these guys can come up and definitely uh, lay a hit on the running back.
0: Yeah, and then you're looking at, you mentioned it there, two very athletic guys. Edmonds ran a 4 four forty. I mean, just freaks of nature on the athletic end. Yeah. So, again, you're listening to the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you by Stoney's Brewing. So, we're going to move on to our final topic. So What are some of your final thoughts uh, as we approach closer and closer to heading into training camp?
1: I uh, I think the, the, the one thing you have to look at, man, is Le'Veon Bell. When does he show up? Mm-hmm. Does he, you know come a week before the season like he did last year which to be honest I think that would be a huge mistake Um, I understand Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to get hurt in training camp um, so I honestly would love if he were to come to training camp maybe not uh, participate in 11 on 11 but be around the team get his snaps you know get that work with the offensive line so timing and everything is ready to go come week one but, uh, you know, I, I think he's the main,
0: you know. Main focus top. there in camp. But
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And then also with that, you know, how long does this holdout last? And then, again, we talked about him a couple times today. James Connor, what can he do with it? Okay. You're going to have a chance to really go out and get snaps with the first teams, first teamers, and show what you got. So can he uh, fulfill on his promising ability? Again, we talked about the quarterback position. Uh, I think that's interesting. I really want to see what Dobbs can do. It seems like he might be the guy at the bottom of the depth chart, or even if it's Andrew Jones with his back against the wall, what can they do when they need to put up, uh, especially preseason play, when they get snaps, can they do enough to not only impress Pittsburgh, but other teams to possibly make a trade with them? Uh, and then also that linebacking core, we've talked about it time and time again. I think my final thought is who's going to be able to fill in what? It doesn't have to be one guy. It can be a committee. You know, uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if they can all get better together and find ways to match each other's strengths and weaknesses, I think they'll be able to hide the loss of Shazier.
1: Yeah, man, uh, and the other thing, uh, to mention, we, we touched on James Conner, but uh the draft pick this year, Jalen Samuels, um, you look at the running back committee like New Orleans had last year that dominated the league and these weren't, you know, big time named players. I mean, Ingram is, is a well known guy, but I don't think he ever lived up to his uh draft number but uh, last year definitely put his name back on the map and alvin Kamara, i mean uh, a guy taken in the draft last year i mean he came out and showed everybody um that uh, no matter where you drafted you can make a difference so uh you know maybe we see a guy like Jalen samuel get snaps and be more of that uh you know big play guy speed athleticism uh receiving threat definitely at returner. I think he could get some snaps, but uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I'm excited, man. I I, I really like uh, Pittsburgh's chances this year as a whole. Um, I mean, obviously, I think it's the last the last hurrah. I I think we got to, especially with Le'Veon Bell, you got to play to win this year. You got to make the most of this year because um, I think it's safe to say Le'Veon Bell's last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Yep, and I know everybody is excited as Brad and I are. So. With that, we will call it an end to the second episode of the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you by Stony's Brewing. Again, my name's TJ Wingard. He's Brad Lambert. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SteelersNation and come back when we have episode three of the SteelersNation.com podcast.